All right, everybody, welcome to our Wednesday Zoom call, our Thriving Lives uh, podcast on here. Hopefully everybody's had a great week so far. Today's topic that we're going to be talking about are ways that we can optimize our sleep. Um, in particular, I have about 15 different things that we can um, do. Some of it will work for some people. Some of it you know, might not necessarily work for what their ideal is. But you know, if we can kind of cross off a couple, a couple of these different things, I think it would really, really help a lot of us get better sleep. Um, starting things off a little bit different this week. Um, I want to try a new little format. Um, so first off, I'm going to start with a couple client wins. Um, this is from check-ins over um, the past week or so. Um, so um, first off here, um, Ryan Clausen, um, one of my best friends, he joined with me back in February and he is officially down February 1st. Um, he's officially down 40 pounds. He went from 203 down to 163. I actually just made a post about him on social media here like 10 or 15 minutes ago. Um, he's doing absolutely amazing with it. Um, usually I want to, you know, expect somebody to lose weight like that, but just, and I don't think he'd mind me kind of sharing some of his lifestyle, but he he loves, he loves his craft beers. He loves, you know, drinking, um, you know, uh, processed foods and things like that. He, he's, a, he's a good cook as well. Um, but um, yeah, so I mean, a, a lot of inflammatory food and stuff like that is what he would normally be having with it. Um, he's worked with me a couple of different times, you know, the goal with this one, all the, all the past times he did it, it was like little short, you know, eight week programs and stuff like that, which I don't offer anymore anyway. Uh, but so now his kind of next steps are to reverse diet. We're going to try to maintain that 165 ish, um, weight that he's currently at and maybe gradually, you know, just through, um, being a little more flexible, stuff like that through the summer, building more muscle, maybe get up to like 170, but ideally we're going to go from. I don't know exactly what he's at calories off the top of my head right now, but either way, I would love to be able to add at least a thousand, if not 1500 calories to what he's currently eating over the course of the next, you know, handful of months. So that way, once, uh, um, once the holidays and stuff get here, his metabolism is revved up, it's on fire. It's ready to handle, you know, the, the surplus of food that the holidays kind of bring, um, a second big one here. Um, my stepfather, or my, my, not my stepfather, my father-in-law Clark, um, who, I don't have any progress pictures of him, but he had a he suffered from a heart attack last. Uh, I think it was right after the first of the year, um, so he was in the hospital for I don't know a handful of days or something of that nature. And um, you know his lifestyle wasn't awful, but I mean lacking a lot of exercise. Um, I mean really no exercise for the most part at all. I would guess anywhere from two to three thousand steps a day, possibly max, especially since COVID. He's worked from home primary, you know, probably uh, a majority of the time. So. You know, lack of exercise. Um, I wouldn't say the worst diet in the world, but also not the best diet either. Um, so I'm proud to say that since leaving the hospital, he's dropped 25 pounds with me. I think he's about six in his early 60s or so. So that was awesome to see. Um, you know, that's one of those situations that, you know, he did he want to make all the, you know, the, the couple of different changes he made? Probably not. But he also saw that, you know, it was impacting his family. It was impacting his longevity with his family and going to potentially take away the things he loves. He loves doing, you know, he loves traveling, loves hiking, loves camping, you know, that type of stuff. I say hiking. He hasn't really been able to necessarily hike, but just loves being outdoors. But now being down 25 pounds, he's getting up to, you know, anywhere from 5,000, 10,000 steps a day. You know, it used to take him a handful of days to, to, to mow their yard, which they live on a, a decent amount of, um, of, of square footage with their, with their, or the acreage, whatever, whatever you would call it. Um, but now he's able to do it in just one, one, one sitting with it. Um, so he's walking a whole lot more, like I said, being down 25 pounds, really changing his lifestyle habits, his nutrition, which, you know, I, 
it, my favorite clients are those that are my loved ones, you know, my best friends, my family, things like that. Um, because I know that, um, not only is it changing their life, but I get more of those people because they are prioritizing what they need to be doing. Um, and then lastly, um, this is a check-in from a client. Um, so we have, um, she's done an amazing job which for a handful of months. Um, but so as, as a lot of you, if you haven't seen this before, um, you will at some point, we all need to do what's called a reverse diet. I've done many different Zooms on this. We all, you know, we talk about this fairly frequently. I have one. Um, so, so in this situation, um, she was really struggling. She was struggling with starting the reverse diet because she wasn't happy with necessarily where she was. She's made amazing progress since she started, but she, you know, and, and respectfully so, she has a little bit of more body fat that we both would like to get off of her. And ideally, she would get to do that before, um, you know, she goes on a trip later on the summer, not too far out, you know, maybe a month or two from now. Um, but ultimately, what, what it came down to was, and this is one of those tough situations where a client really wants something. And ultimately, we've got to do what's best for them, not necessarily what they necessarily want to do. So in this situation, based off of, of her progress and where we were at calorie-wise, where we were at macro-wise, cardio-wise, workouts and stuff like that, and what, what was actually feasible in the next month or two, we just weren't going to be able to get to where she wanted to, at least not without you know, extremely restricting and doing, you know, taking more aggressive measures. And that's just not, that's not worth it, especially for a lifestyle client who just wants to go look a little bit better at vacation and, and hit a certain number on the scale. So in this situation, you know, she, well, she did the hardest part, but what's absolutely crucial, she communicated, she communicated that, you know, where she was at mindset wise, you know, why she didn't really want to start this reverse diet, but just, she was kind of stuck in the middle of needing, you know, wanting to do it all, understanding the importance of reverse dieting. But so we hopped on a phone call and, uh, you know, so what we kind of talked about on the phone call was, Hey, we can sacrifice the long-term of your health, sacrifice the long-term goals to try to see what we can squeeze out of this next couple of months. Um, we're still going to have to reverse diet, but you're going to be sacrificing a whole lot over the coming months to be able to get ready for this one vacation you have. We could do that, but my best recommendation is let's start reverse dieting now. Let's get your calories up to a decent amount. So when you go on that vacation, it's not going to make that big of an impact on your, your weight and your body and things like that. Then we continue re reverse dieting. This is a long plan, but if she can stick to it, which I think she definitely will, um, especially after this phone call we had, she's going to do amazing with it. But so we'll reverse that. We will gradually start adding food back in now. We'll do that for the rest of summer. We'll do that leading up into the holidays and try to get her calories as high as possible. And then once we get those calories to a level that is sustainable, that she can eat that much food, but not so much where she just feels sick all the time from eating so much food, we will maintain that level for a handful of months through the holidays, you know, through October, November, December, um, and probably even into January-ish. So that would be about you know, at least six months, if not seven or eight months, not being focused on losing weight, which is also really good for our, our mental health. It's also really, really good for our metabolism, our thyroid, our hormones, all that good stuff. It allows all that stuff to get back to a really healthy set point instead of just always being in this caloric deficit. And this will probably be a topic that we talk about um, soon is, you know, the seasons of life and the, the cycles of of dieting that that we should ideally go through versus always being in this cut phase and then we binge for a couple of weeks and then we're pissed off about all the weight that we gained. So this is going to set the table. It's a longer term process, like I said, but if she trusts it, this is going to set the table so that next year, you know, in, in January and February, when we go back into another cut, we're going to really be able to do some damage and really take off a lot more body fat than what we could possibly do in the next couple of weeks. So again, she had that hard conversation with me, was very vulnerable with it. So that was, 
that was a very, very big thing um, that she was able to do that. And so now we're on the same page. We're kind of know where we're going and I'm excited for the future with her. Uh, now, the next piece that, you know, I want to kind of talk about here really quick before we dive into today's topic is, uh, you know, my my own kind of personal check in, you know, sometimes I will do this in the Facebook group. Sometimes, you know, we'll kind of talk about it here um, here here lately, you know, um, kind of going through the normal check in questions that we have. Um, ever, to be honest, ever since uh, my vacation that I went to in, in Los Angeles, I came back and my hunger just hasn't been the same. And it's been very, very difficult for me to hit my all my macros. And I'm eating a lot of food. I'm eating close to 4,000 calories a day. So it's understandable. That's a little bit difficult. Um, part of that has been my routine and my schedule change. You know, before I went to LA, I was I was working, you know, Monday through Friday, my normal work schedule and things of that nature. You know, I was eating my first meal earlier on in the day. I was having two or three meals, at least probably at, at three meals during the workday and then only two meals at night. And, you know, since I've kind of got into trying to find my new footing, my new schedule, my new routine, it's just been kind of difficult to to get some of that food in. And, you know, this is something that I always say, you know, whenever your schedule changes, whenever your uh, whenever you get back from vacation, it's very, very important to lock back in. Um, so it again, in my situation, it wasn't really rarely it wasn't reeling back into eating. It was not eating enough with it. So fortunately, you know, I've got my routine back into a good spot. So it took about a week, week and a half or so to really get into a good spot. But so now that's finally kind of firing on all cylinders. I'm back up to my 420 grams of carbs a day, 100 grams of fat and 200 and like probably 60, 70 grams of protein. A lot, a lot of food. Um, but so so that is now kind of back in check. You know, sleep uh, workouts for me have been pretty solid as well. I'm kind of dealing with a little hip flexor issue, seeing the chiropractor for that, doing a lot more stretching. One new thing that I'm trying to implement with my new routine is getting up. And before I do any work, before I do anything else in life, uh, to sit down and do a, a, some yoga. So I have this uh, this membership that I'd be happy to lend out to you guys as well. It's from the Yoga Collective. It's pretty cheap as well. Um, but they have just a, a huge, huge catalog of yoga videos. And so this is something that, you know, they have 10 minute ones on there. They have 20 minute ones on there. They have hour long ones on there. You can specify what you're trying to work on. So, you know, for instance, with me, with my hip flexor issues, I have specifically been doing videos targeting just that. Um, this morning, actually, I took my yoga mat outside and did it on the, the back patio and the sunlight at like seven in the morning was a great, great way to start the day. Um, if you have time for that type of thing, it it's fantastic for you. Um, so I'm excited about that new routine. Um, and then, you know, sleep for me has been a little bit off here recently. My supplements are on the same. You know, I think it's because I'm I'm sleeping in a little bit later each day instead of getting up at, you know, 5.30, 6 a.m. for work and workouts and stuff like that. So I think it's because I'm sleeping a little bit later. I also think it's the underlying stress. I don't have a, an abundance of stress right now, but the underlying stress of a baby on the way. Uh, if you guys didn't see as well, we made some social media posts about it yesterday. We found out that we are having a baby girl come October 22nd is our current due date. So I'm very, very excited to be a, a girl dad, um, you know, from teaching elementary school. Um, I love the boys, love the girls, the girls at that age, at least elementary school age are so freaking awesome. And the boys are usually, I'm like, where the fuck is your brain at? Do you think before you do anything? Um, they're just always into some bullshit, always just being dangerous and stuff like that. And, uh, the girls always just so precious for the most part. Um, so I'm really, really excited to, to, to have girls or to have a girl. Uh, but anyway, enough of all that stuff. Um, and thank you, Nick. For the, for the congrats there. Um, yeah. So let's go ahead and dive on into the topic of the day. So this is talking about bedtime routine. So, you know, I kind of took my own struggles recently and that's kind of what we're talking about here. So 
um, to, to optimize our sleep. And this is something that a lot of people will really, really struggle with. Um, you're either really good at sleeping or you suck at it and you're not prioritizing kind of the right things. You know, whether you are a workaholic and you're just working, working, working up to the point you need to go to sleep. Um, maybe you are a binge watcher. Maybe, you know, it's it's not the work or the, the binge watching of Netflix, whatever the case is. Maybe it's just that's your only time during the day that nothing is happening. Nothing is distracting you. And then your thoughts start kind of flowing in. And, you know, um, so some of this is going to kind of pertain to how we can also kind of fix that as well. Um, so I've got a, a, a list in no particular order of 15 different things that I thought about um, earlier today that I thought would be kind of good for it. So number one is put up your phone. Um, a lot of the things we're going to talk about here are things that ideally you're doing about two hours before you ideally want to sleep. So let's kind of start with that first, uh, how, how to kind of map out when to get in bed and when to go to sleep and when you need to wake up. So you need to figure out, obviously, what time is your alarm going to go off in the morning? What time do you need to be stepping out of bed to get your day started so you're not in a massive rush in the morning either? So whatever time that is, so let's say just for number's sake, it's 6 a.m. You need to be awake at 6 a.m. That's what time your alarm is going off. So ideally, you are physically physically asleep by 10 o'clock. That would give you a little bit less than eight hours because even though you're asleep from 10 to 6, and that is eight hours, we naturally wake up throughout the night and, you know, ideally it's less than about an hour. Um, but like, if you have like any sort of a sleep tracker, which we'll come back to as well in a little bit, um, that'll show you that you have just these small little wake up occurrences. And so ideally it's less than an hour. Ideally it's like 45 total minutes collective that you're up throughout the night. Most of this, we don't even know that we are awake. Um, and it might be just be going to the bathroom or whatever the case is. But so ideally you're asleep by 10 if you need to get up at six. If, if you can be asleep earlier, fantastic. But so if we want to be asleep by 10, depending on what your routine looks like and how you like to spend your evenings, ideally you're in bed by nine o'clock in that situation. That's very, very difficult for a lot of people to do. Um, but if we prioritize this stuff and we get our body and, and our, our routines down with this stuff, it's pretty easy to kind of maintain with it. But so put up your phone. That's first and foremost, ideally two hours before you want to fall asleep. Um, you know, some people, my wife has no issues. She can scroll on social media. She can scroll on whatever the hell it is that she's doing on her phone sometimes and be able to just pass right out. A lot of times she's going to fall asleep just looking at her phone. Now, is this, even though she can fall asleep, stay asleep with no issue, is that still optimal for her? No, it's not. Um, you know, there's still a lot of blue light that she's getting in, in her eyes, which disrupts our, our sleep cycles and things of that nature. And I'm sure it's just not as optimal sleep, but she can still fall asleep. So it's not a huge deal. So I don't get on her too much about it. Um, other than when I just want some, you know, quality time without our phones and stuff. But that's usually not that common for her to do that anyway. But so ideally two hours before you fall asleep. So like what I do is, you know, after after this call, probably around eight o'clock or so, I'm going to go put my phone on the charger in the bedroom. And that's it. I'm done with my phone for the rest of the night. You know, I might record what I'm eating or my nighttime supplements or something of that nature. But usually I'm done posting. I'm usually done doing anything on my phone after 8 p.m. Um, my phone's on do not disturb or whatever the messages will, will kind of say that type of stuff. Um, so that really, really helps me. Um, avoid stressful conversations. That's number two. Uh, stressful conversations, stressful thoughts. You know, it's important that you have this agreement if you're sleeping with somebody else, if you have a partner, if you have a husband, wife, whatever the case is, to have that conversation and 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 not put on some really rigid rules with it. But, you know, Nicole and I, we tried to any sort of a stressful topic, unless it is absolutely urgent or it is dealing with a problem that we are having because we don't want to go to bed upset. Like I'd rather sacrifice my sleep to handle whatever our issue is and not go to bed angry and wake up angry and have a shitty next day. So 
I'd rather stay up till two in the morning figuring shit out sometimes with her versus just go to bed angry and not dealing with whatever the issue is. Now, with that said, other stressful conversations, you know, if I'm stressed about a client, if I'm stressful, if I'm stressed about the day or whatever the case is, ideally we're having those conversations, but they're earlier in the night, ideally. Um, ideally, we're not getting in bed at nine o'clock and then just dumping all the stress because anytime that's happening, I can feel my cortisol raising just just by the thought of it. And I know that's going to and then I'm stressed because now this this stressful conversation is now causing me more stress. and I know it's fucking up my sleep, which is then causing me more stress. But so having some of those kind of guidelines that, you know, this that our bedroom or our bed is, is a safe place that we're not dealing with with all the stressors of the day or whatever the case is. Um at that that time, we're just trying to wind down and get some good quality sleep. Um, so again, you know, ideally, at least the hour or so before you're trying to fall asleep would be ideal to avoid those stressful things. Um, eat your last meal or snack about 60 minutes or early before wanting to fall asleep. Now, me personally, I can eat my last, I can eat fucking an entire thousand calorie meal and then go to sleep pretty, pretty easily. Um, not long after that, but ideally, and just, you know, based off like my sleep data and stuff like that, still best to, to, you know, finish that last meal, or if you're having a, a you know, the, one of your snacks off your diet plan to do that about 60 or so minutes before you're ideally trying to fall asleep. So if you want to be asleep by 10, you're finishing by about nine o'clock, whatever the case is. Um, so that would be kind of your meal. Some people you, you, you really don't want, I mean, ideally you're not having a giant meal anyway, right before you go to bed, ideally. So hopefully, you know, you, you're eating that bigger dinner meal earlier on in the evening you know, you don't have to stop eating after a certain time. It's not like you're going to magically just gain body fat because you ate after 7 p.m. or something like that. But still, you don't want to go to bed absolutely full. But you also don't necessarily want to go to bed absolutely starving either. So kind of find that middle ground with it. Um, so that was number three. Number four is before ending your um, your work for the day, um, you know, what, what I, I keep a checklist, I keep a to-do list, and I'm looking at all the urgent things that I have to get done today. Now that might push me sometimes till 8 p.m. depending on you know what's going on. Ideally, I'm getting done at 5 or 6 p.m., whatever the case is. But regardless, one of the last things that I'm doing before I shut my laptop, I put my phone up or whatever, is I just kind of review what what does tomorrow look like? Do I have any urgent matters? What time am I working out? Am I working out tomorrow? Do I have my meals ready to go? If not, do I need to go do it now or do I have time in the morning to get that done? I'm just doing some of that review stuff. And part of that is so that I can when I go lay down to go to sleep, I'm not having all these thoughts pop in my head. Then I'm reviewing them. And so that way, when I actually do shut my laptop and I actually do put my phone up, I know there's nothing else more that I need to be doing. There's no other stressors. I've already dealt with everything I have to today and whatever I couldn't get to do today. I've now moved it to tomorrow or a day that I know that I can get it done. Um, so that helps you, you know, ideally alleviate some of that stress, um, and, and extra things kind of pop into your mind. So it's worth that extra little five minutes of just reviewing things to make sure that you are good to go. Um, you know, another component of that, which I wrote further down, but I think it kind of goes hand in hand with that is a gratitude journal. So this is something that any, any of my clients that struggle with, um, usually it's like an optimistic mindset or they are struggling finding joy in things. They are a very pessimistic person. Um, whether it's about, about themselves, about their life, whatever the case is. So it's called the five minute journal that I always recommend to clients. I do this too, um, you know, as well, especially whenever I'm going through times where, you know, mentally I'm just kind of sucking on, on some different levels. And so essentially, simply put, I've talked about this before, but simply put, it's um, in the morning, first thing in the morning, you go write in this journal, you write down 
Um, three things that would uh, that that would make today great. It starts with a little quote, which is always nice to read first thing in the morning. But three things that would make today great, and then three things that you are grateful for. And so the the, the whole purpose of this is you're not trying to write down the same shit every day. You know, um, like I'm not going to write down Nicole every single day on that. It's I'll use her the very very first time. I'll say Nicole and boss in my house, and then. I won't use them again. I'll continue doing that. And really, if you could just stick to even just a month and commit to just doing a month, that it, it helps a whole, whole lot. And at the end of the day, so when I'm saying you kind of use this, this is another way to kind of say, hey, I had a great day. I reviewed it and I'm feeling better about myself because of all the things I did today. So you write down, um, I forgot exactly what it is off the top of my head. Let me grab it real quick. This is what it looks like. Um, so it says three amazing things that happened today and how could I have made today better? Um, so just a, 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 a subtle little reflection at the end of the day as well, um, is another good thing to do. So again, those of you who feel like you're really needing something like this, um, you're struggling with that gratitude, you're struggling with that optimistic mindset. You're just only seeing the negatives in your life. It's a fantastic thing to do again. Whenever you do it, I would just say, commit to one whole month of it. If you can do it longer, fantastic. But usually I, I've always found in my my situation or with clients is that usually a month is that sweet spot. If you can do it for about a full month, you start uh, making some changes in just your mindset and stuff like that. But regardless, coming back to kind of since it's the nighttime stuff, um, another one on here. So this would be number six. Um, enjoy relaxing time with family, spouse or alone time, whatever that kind of looks like for you. So if you have a significant other one, ideally you're enjoying some relaxing time with them. Hopefully your nighttime routines are including one another would be ideal. Um, and this also just releases those those good happy endorphins and stuff like that in your body whenever you're enjoying time with, with loved ones. Um, number seven would be avoid super stimulating shows. So I'm somebody who I've always watched TV before I go to bed. I, I turn it off whenever I'm going to sleep, but I'm going to watch it literally, you know, up until the point that I'm like, all right, I'm about to fall asleep or all right, I need to turn on the TV so I can go to sleep. Um but I'm avoiding super stimulating things. I'm avoiding things that are are dark or depressing or, you know, I don't really get scared of shows, but avoiding scary things. I'm avoiding stuff that has, to, you know, that makes me think a lot. Um, I'm putting on something that's going to put me in a more relaxed state. So for me personally, that's usually stand up comedians or that is, um, you know, I'll watch, you know, YouTube podcasts of comedians. Big fan of Nate Bargatze, big fan of Theo Vaughn and, and people like that. So I love listening to those. Because then when I'm falling asleep, I'm literally falling asleep with a smile on my face, um, which is a great way to go to sleep. Um, some people, you might like nature stuff. Some people, you might like documentaries because it's it's boring and they just kind of talk you to sleep. Um, but regardless, we want something that is 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 not so stimulating and that we can just kind of ease and turn our mind off. You know, Bob's Burgers is another one. That's that's one of Nicole's favorite. And she falls asleep almost instantly and just kind of puts her in a little happy place. Um Number eight would be take your bedtime supplementation. So really everybody, for the most part, I have at least taking magnesium, um, whether that is magnesium glycinate in capsule form, um, or a lot of people I'll just have them take calm magnesium. Um, and you can mix that into a little drink. It's tasty. Um, it's, it's change it from water. And then again, it's a really, really good source of magnesium as well, which will help put us in a relaxed state, help out with muscle recovery and a multitude of other things. Um, and then whatever, whatever your other supplements are, you know, so uh, I have a lot of people that have higher stress days, higher stress jobs on things like ashwagandha or phosphatidylserine um, or cordies from New Ethics, depending on kind of what their stressors are and things of that nature. Um, you know, if you're having, if, if you're 
depending on kind of where you're at. And really, I have a lot of people on glucose disposal agents, um, GDA Max, Berberine, things of that nature, especially if you're having carbs at nighttime, a good time to take that as well, um, just to help kind of, you know, slow to, you know, control that blood sugar as you're going to sleep. So whatever your supplementation is that you're supposed to be having at nighttime, you know, obviously include this in that. Really, all those supplements I just mentioned, again, if I need to go to sleep at 10 o'clock, and I'm getting in around getting in bed around nine o'clock. That's about the time I'm probably going to be taking these supplements. Um, usually that's with my last meal or my last snack, whatever it is that I'm having at around 9 p.m. or so. I'm taking these supplements with that. Um, number nine would be um, coming back to that calm magnesium um, or some sort of a drink like that or sleepy time tea. Um, during my competition preps, when I'm really struggling to fall asleep, I will, will lean on um, some warm sleepy time tea. Um, that's what it's called. I don't really know what's all in it. Either way, it just helps kind of put you into a nice relaxed state as you go to bed. Um, so that might be some some people's kind of, uh, you know, their preference. Um, a hot shower. So, you know, I'm somebody who as soon as I get home and I'm home for good and I'm done sweating for the day, that's when I'm taking my hot shower. But, you know, if you can take that right before bed, a hot shower, a hot bath, whatever, that'll help you, you know, really, really get into a nice relaxed state. Um, and so you can go to sleep. Number 10 or no. That was number 10. Number 11 on this would be stretch. So, you know, ideally, if you can back those things up, do a hot shower, followed by some stretching, maybe stretch in the shower, whatever the case is, that stretching will also just relax your body, put you in a really nice at ease state as you're going to sleep. Um, number 12 would be blue light blocking glasses. Um, mine are on my bedside table. Sometimes if I'm working later on the evening, like past 730 or so, I'll usually throw those babies on. Some of you see me here on the Zoom calls with them on as well. Um, essentially just blocks the blue light. I don't know enough about it to really go super in depth. All I know is the gist of it is that it helps block the blue light, which fucks up our sleep rhythms and things of that nature. Um, so uh, you can, if you're gonna be watching TV or on your computer or on your phone much, especially as you're getting closer to bedtime, something good to, to utilize. Um, number 13 would be read. Um, reading does put me to sleep, even if I'm super energetic and then I start reading, it does make me tired. I'm not one to go pick up a book, but a lot of people, they do like reading. If you don't have a TV in your bedroom and you prefer to read before bed, fantastic. You are ahead of the game and you are absolutely crushing it. Um, now, even in the same situation, if you really do love reading, if you're reading things that are super stimulating, you're reading something and you struggle putting the book down to go to sleep. That's the same thing as if you were watching TV and you were super stimulated and don't want to turn the TV off. So again, know who you are and, and, and set whatever rule does you need for yourself so that you're not reading, you know, super late at night. Um, uh, I already said kind of gratitude channel, which I skipped. So the number 14 on here would be wear a sleep tracker. So this isn't necessarily going to optimize your sleep as you're going to sleep, um, but this will help you collect kind of data on your sleep. You know, I'm big on, I'm not over analytical to stuff. I just like to know the relationship between what I do versus how my body responds to it. So I, um, I've I used to use a Fitbit. Then I used to use an Apple watch, Apple watch shattered. And so I was trying to decide between an aura ring, which I know a lot of clients have and a whoop band. So difference between those two things, really, they, they, they track the kind of the same things. I think the aura band is a little bit more expensive. You have to pay for it up front. Plus there's like a, a small monthly membership fee that you have to pay to be able to see all the data with it. A whoop band, which is why I ended up going with, um, you know, I went, I didn't do the or ring because again, it was a little more expensive, but also you can't really lift in it. And, and it's a ring that you're wearing. And I, besides my wedding ring, I don't really like wearing things on my hands. Um, but 
the whoop band doesn't tell time or anything like that, but this also, it tracks your strain. It tracks your sleep. It shows you your recovery for the day and things like that. I'm pretty sure the aura ring does that same thing as well. But so really any of these things on here, um, aura ring, whoop band, Apple watch, some Fitbits will track your sleep. And that way you can see, you know, how you, you slept throughout the night and things like that. You know, you can see the relationship between what you ate. Um, maybe if you, if you drink some alcohol, we talked about on, on this before, you know, if I go to sleep tonight, which I won't drink alcohol, obviously, but I rarely ever do my sleep will be pretty good. My recovery will usually be pretty good if all things are, are pretty, pretty good. Um, but if I go have a drink, so let's say I had eight or, you know, six straight days of a recovery of 80 and I was waking up, feeling good, feeling refreshed, able to just smash my day. If I just even have one drink in the evening, could be wine, could be beer, could be hard alcohol, whatever the case is, my recovery is usually less than 30% that next day. Meaning I can't really push myself in the gym like I would really, really like to. And if I push myself too much after that, there's a good chance of injury or I'm just going to feel like absolute shit the rest of that day and potentially even into the next day. So it's just a good way to, you know, see the correlation between the things that you do and how you sleep because of it. Um, and then this also allows you to kind of optimize things. Okay. When I do X, Y, and Z, I get worse sleep. When I do X, Y, and Z, I get better sleep. So then you can start doing the things that help you get better sleep and avoid the shit that makes you get worse sleep. And then the last thing is make your room cold and dark. So first and foremost, I think we all, I mean, I think most people probably know this is that sleeping in a really hot room, you're not going to sleep very well. Sleeping in a cold room for whatever reason, again, I don't know the data behind it. We sleep better in cold rooms. Um, and me personally, I like being all cozied up. I'd rather have an extra blanket um, and be cold and sleep really, really well versus being hot as shit, waking up in the middle of the night, you know, sweating. And then that second component to that is having a dark room. So not sleeping with the window or the curtains open, you know, not sleeping with the TV on. Um, really, um, I saw something recent. I heard something recent. I forgot where it was. Um, even like um, your TV, even that little like blue light that's at the very, very bottom. If you have, you know, your phone sitting over here, if you have an analog or a, a digital clock that says the time on it, even that that subtle little light right there can can disturb your sleep and 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 make it harder to get optimal sleep. So um, even though those are very, very subtle things like that, you know, those are things that you can you can do to um, to to help out your sleep. So those are kind of my 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 short list of 15 different things. Obviously, not one person is probably going to be able to do all 15 things. And again, you don't want to have routines that add more stress to your life because that's taking away from the whole purpose about why we have these routines. Um, but, you know, out of these 15 things, you should ideally, and I'll, I, I might even put these in the in the show notes on uh, whenever I release the, the podcast version of this um, or post it elsewhere. But um, so you can kind of see those things and kind of come back to them. But so regardless, if you find yourself struggling with sleep, that, you know, that's why check-ins are really, really crucial and reflecting each day is ideally crucial. And ideally, when you sleep poorly, you are as soon as you can, just like if you fall off your diet, if you have a bad night's sleep, we want to lock back into good sleep as soon as we can, ideally the next night. So if you fucked up your, your bedtime routine, you watch TV, you watch, you know, uh, for me, it's been NBA basketball the past month or two. I have, you know, a lot of those games, they start at 730. Sometimes they were starting closer to nine o'clock, like the West Coast games. And I was up too damn late. Um, so stuff like that, um, you know. We want to try to mitigate and, and and correct as soon as possible without letting those things snowball. And that's again why we do check-ins. That's why we reflect. So when things are snowballing in a in a 
in a negative direction, we could put a stop to that shit and get it reversed pretty quickly. Um, so, you know, with me, I think with the higher stress with it, I just need to do a better job of implementing some of these things and just being a little bit more intentional with what I'm doing with it. But, uh, anyway, those are my 15 things, thoughts, feelings, questions. Sorry, today it was a little less interactive. I just kind of talked at you guys, but, uh, anyway, thoughts, questions, anything else? Soli said, I do whose line, whose line is it anyway, uh, compilation sometimes. Exactly. You know, things that are making you laugh as you go to sleep um, are always a good thing. It's my go-to usually as well. All right, friends. Well, that's all I got for you guys tonight. Tomorrow is check-in day. So I will see you guys uh, tomorrow. Keep crushing it. Um, hopefully you kind of like the the format with it. I know it kind of took me a little bit longer than usual to get into the topic, but um, I think I would love to start sharing, you know, some more client wins. It'll pertain to, to, to all the listeners on here. Maybe even make the, the people who I'm talking about feel even better about, you know, their wins and stuff like that. But anyway, guys, have a good rest of the week. Have a great weekend. I'll see you guys on check-in day. Um, really, really do your best. Try to get those in Thursdays, um, ideally Thursdays, but Thursdays and Fridays ahead of the weekend. All right, guys, have a great night.